Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you One Bad Mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, The Last Garage Sale, we talked to business sister Helen Ellis about her new book, Bring Your Baggage and Don't Pack Life. Plus, Biz was wrong. Woo! out the summer. I'm so excited. I'm a high school teacher and I'm done. I'm done for the school year. And we did it. And my students did it. And I did it. And all the teachers out there, you did it. And the students. What a hard year. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for keeping this show going. It has gotten me through everything this year. So I just wanted to say congrats to everybody out there who is finishing up the school year and getting ready for the summertime fun. Good job. I see everybody. We're all doing an amazing job. And we did it. We did this school year, and it's done. And you know what I did? I went and got myself a massage today mm. because it's the last day of school. And I feel so good after getting a massage. It was so needed. It's been years <laughs> since I've gotten a massage. <sighs> Thank you. Thank you so much, One Bad Mother. Okay. Bye. <laughs> I love you. Thank you. First of all, obviously, thank you, teacher. Especially the fact that you teach high school students who are barely adults yet and full of the tude and full of the, like, mustaches and, you know, armpit hair, I suppose. They all want to do it. Is that teens? I think so. I only know about teens from Teen Jeopardy. You, you are amazing for being a teacher. And as we have already said on the show a number of times, teachers, you are just little miracles who have to put up with our children and are really only rewarded with crappy apple statues or mugs that say, we love you. So I, you know, you deserve a lot more than that. But I just want you to know that I see you and I see all the teachers. Also, good job on getting touched, getting massaged. That's nice. That is a nice treat. I like when you said it's the last day of school, so I'm getting a massage. And I kind of like the idea of you just not going to the last day of school and just getting a massage instead. I would have supported that. Speaking of thanking people, it is time to thank everybody. I just did a lot of traveling for the first time in a long time. And so this time I want to start off the big thank yous to all the people who are making travel possible, people who are in there cleaning and sanitizing the airplanes between flights, to all of the crew who are working so hard to keep all of us calm while you're trying to stay calm. And there's still somebody who wants to not wear a mask on a plane and you've got to make them do it. And I just want you to know, I see you. I see you. Thank you to everybody who's going to work at an airport. I mean, you're really putting yourself in a crazy place and I can understand that that might be very stressful. So I just want you to know, I see you and thank you. 
cab drivers, Uber drivers, Lyft drivers, bus drivers, train drivers, all of you, all of you are helping us get from point A to point B. You are amazing. I would like to thank everybody who works in the medical profession. As always, you're amazing. You were amazing before the pandemic. You are amazing during the pandemic, and you will always be amazing. And I still can't even begin to imagine how tired you are. And I know so many of you have kids and like, <laughs> that's already really tiring, like on uh, just as it is. And given the hours and the pressure and the stress that you have been under for the last, what, 16 months now, it's it, you really, you really deserve to be seen and to be given a very big break. Thank you to all the people who help sanitize all the areas we go into, not just hospitals and doctor's office and planes, but schools and grocery stores and hotels and shops and all of it. You're amazing. We would not be where we are right now uh, as, a, as a country in kind of returning to some sense of normalcy without you having made that possible over the last 15 months. So thank you. Post office, I love you. People who deliver packages, I love you. People who work at my grocery store and all grocery stores, I love you. I love you very much. People who stock the stores, I love you. I just love all of you. You're all amazing. And you're doing it under the craziest of circumstances with all sorts of things happening in your own lives unrelated to a pandemic or your job. So thank you very much. Now, I'm going to share a little story. I was in Alabama. Guys, I'm so sorry. We pre-recorded a show so that we didn't have to skip a week. I have no idea where we are in the One Bad Mother timeline <laughs> when it comes to listening. Things I think have happened on the road so far would be I went to... Birmingham, Alabama, to help my parents get sort of a last garage sale and start getting stuff really pared down to move them out here to Pasadena to live with us eventually in a little house in the backyard. That's going to be like a while from now, but the important thing is that they're coming. Also, Katie Bell is enjoying the name Raiden and using he, him, they pronouns. So that I think is the, oh, and Ellis is just still Ellis. So that that is the update. But when I was down in Birmingham, I was going through like boxes of pictures, la 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 la, and I found pictures of me from when I was Raiden's age. First of all, I now can look back on those pictures and understand why everyone thought I was a boy. So take that new generation of kids who want to look like a boy. I was doing it so long before you. Two, I looked exactly like Raiden. Okay, that was that was weird. And three, I found this one picture and it's on the One Bad Mother Instagram, so you can go look at it. And I I just looked at this little biz, this little Elizabeth before glasses with the short hair that was permed, sitting in the backyard, and I remember so clearly how ugly I thought I was. I thought I was like really ugly. And 
I compensated for that with like humor or whatever throughout my life. But now as an adult, looking back on that picture, I was really very pretty. <laughs> I wasn't ugly. I was, I was pretty. And I, I don't know, I just got hit by this wave of, I wish all of us would stop. Like, I wish there was a way to stop that from happening to us. Because I know that this is how so many of us felt at that time. It was so funny. Later, I was sitting there looking at pictures with Mama of her when she was a teenager. And she said, you know what? I remember feeling so ugly. And I was like, what? You're fucking gorgeous. So, like, I don't know what any of that is about, except, I don't know. I, I'm sure there are lots of layers to it. But I just wanted to say that no matter how we all looked back on ourselves or what we thought we were in those days, I just want to tell you there's a 99% chance that you weren't, <laughs> okay, and that you still aren't because I am, I am still not. I, I don't, I, I no longer feel that way about myself. I just wish that for all of us, you're all pretty and smart, very, very smart and good at maps. So speaking of walking down memory lane, today we are going to be talking about last garage sales, packing up memories, and what to keep and what to sell with my big sister, Helen Ellis. <laughs> Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. This week, I am very excited to talk to Helen Ellis author of Southern Lady Code, American Housewife, and Eating the Cheshire Cat. Her new book, Bring Your Baggage and Don't Pack Light, a collection of hilarious and moving essays about friendship between grown-ass women, comes out July 13th and is available for pre-order right now. The magic word is not please, it's pre-order. Oh, no. <laughs> Finally, if you don't know this already, turn down your volume because it's my sister. Welcome, Woo! Helen Michelle. Woo! Woo! <laughs> it's about to get loud. I know it's about to get very, very loud. Every time I record with you, I think this is the show where I'm not going to cackle so much that when I'm going back to listen to it later, I'm just saddened by the amount of noise that I make. I'll be very insulted if you do not <laughs> cackle. <laughs> Being a longtime listener, yes, I appreciate the cackles. Um, the cackles. You either not love kegels. them or you leave us. Yeah, not the cackles. All right, well, let's get started with the question that we always ask you. Who lives in your house? In my house, it's <laughs> me, my mm -hmm. husband, husband of 20 years. We have our 20-year anniversary this fall. And oh. two cats, Big yes. Boy and Tang Tang. One Big is boy. sleeping on the uh -huh. velvet <laughs> chair, note uh -huh. to self, velvet is a cat hair magnet. 
And the other is sleeping in my suitcase that I just brought back from our visit in Alabama. Yes, I. we were just in Alabama visiting. I would not say visiting. I would say working like mules. Correct. Getting the folks ready for what we hope is a smooth move out to Pasadena. <laughs> but, you know, more of a downsizing exercise. But first, before we start talking about that, because we're going to talk a lot about that, it just connects so much to your new book. I want to briefly talk about bringing your baggage and not packing light. <laughs> <laughs> this is, it's your second collection of personal essays, like of all true, but because uh, we are who we are when we tell stories, they sound untrue <laughs> or hard to believe, but <laughs> these are all true stories and the book focuses a lot on your friendships and your relationships and sort of life as a grown-ass lady and sort of embracing that that stage of life we're going to talk a lot about one of your stories the last garage sale but before that i was just going to ask what was your favorite story to work on in this book this time i think my favorite story to work on and bring your baggage and don't pack light was <laughs> the story that's the first story in the book called Grown Ass Ladies Gone Mild. Yeah. And <laughs> as one of my favorite readers and as a character, as we would call you, who appears in all of my books, <laughs> you know the ladies from mm -hmm. Grown Ass Ladies Gone Mild. So they are, yep. It's it focuses on three trips that my childhood friends and I took together to Panama City Beach, to the Blue Smoky Mountains, and where else did we go? I know. <laughs> and and um, elsewhere. <laughs> and it really focuses on, I have such a memory of being in Panama City Beach. So it was me and, and four friends from middle school, and we hadn't seen each other all together in 10 years, mm. but it was like, no time had passed. And at that gathering, one of us, my friend Vicky, who you have known all oh, of your life. I will um, not my, do a Vicki Buckley impression. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> she came to that first trip with a bad mammogram. So she, when we, she left that trip, she was going straight to have the follow-up and it showed cancer. So over this course of three trips, she battles and survives breast cancer. At the same time, I was enamored with my friend Paige, who had come out of a bad marriage oh, yeah. and really was so much the better for it. And they both were survivors. And I was so very proud of them and so inspired by them. And I knew that I had to write another book and I had to write about these grown-ass lady friends of mine, because every story in the book is about me going, I have to tell you about this friend of mine and what she did. I have to tell you about my friend, Michelle, and how she had a baby oh, yeah. on her own at 50 years old. And I have to tell you about my friend, Danny, who went to extreme lengths to save a dollar on Botox. <laughs> you know, I have to tell you about the bridge ladies who are all, you know, five to 10 years older than me and shepherding me through menopause and many activities. <laughs> So yeah, I'm just, uh, it, it's really about when you get together with old friends, you bring your baggage, whether that's a suitcase full of sun hats and <laughs> rash guards, <laughs> or if it's 
you know, family trauma, old stories, a fear of the sea, which is what I have, <laughs> or, or whatever it may be, you know, you, you accept each other just the way you are. <laughs> just I, as I accept you, just the way you are. Just, just the way I <laughs> yes, am. Yeah, practically, practically perfect, perfect in every, in every way. way. Well, yes. okay, that is one of the things that's so nice about this book is that there is this thread of love and support and like wanting to share how great all your friends are while simultaneously being fucking hilarious. <laughs> like it's one of my favorite one of my favorite scenes in the grown ass ladies is where you and Paige go to Shipwreck Island, the yes. water park. And <laughs> I will just read a little. Oh, I love it. Braving the Raging Rapids rod, we sat ass backwards into inner tubes held by beautiful bronze teenagers. I said to one good old boy, Adonis, you're going to have to push me. He said, yes, ma'am, and shoved me over a waterfall like a sack of dirty sheets down a hotel laundry chute. <laughs> sometimes you need a push. That's right. Sometimes you need a push. Thank you, Chad. <laughs> Thank you, Chad. Thank Our you, favorite Chad. waiter in yes. uh, our last visit to Alabama. Yeah, we just were in Alabama, and Helen Michelle treated me to dinner the first night that she was there, and we went to a restaurant, because apparently COVID didn't happen in Alabama, and you can just <laughs> go anywhere you want and be served by anyone without a mask. Um, but including I, Chad. Including Chad, who whose let name me is tell not you. Chad. <laughs> but he, he flirted enough to get himself a 30% tip. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Chad... <laughs> was some sort of like I don't think a mask could have held in the beauty that was <laughs> Chad. Chad. Again, whose name is not Chad, but we have called him Chad. Yes. Yeah, he 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 earned it all. He did. <laughs> like, he can get himself another friendship bracelet. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So like a month or two ago, I get this text from Helen Michelle that says, Have you read the email from Papa? <laughs> And I was like, no. I, no, I said, Joe, have you read the email from Papa? What What do you want me to say? And That's I was right. like. I said, I said, <laughs> these, our parents are coming to you. You yep. are taking them in. So I am looking at an email and I need you to tell me how I will best serve you. <laughs> because my instinct when I was reading this email of let's have another garage sale was I would rather burn the house to the ground. <laughs> Should I say that? Yeah. Or should no. I say, sure, I'll come home and pack up all your clowns and dragon yeah. sculptures? They did have a lot of clowns. And I thought it was unusual that every time you pointed at a clown to say, does this go? Those were the ones that I was really surprised when they said, no, they stay. There was one clown literally on a pedestal that lights up from below. <laughs> anyway, my parents were going to have... Yet another garage sale to try and pare down one more time. We've been trying to do this for like three or four years now. And there have been a few garage sales and there have been some, we're coming, we're not coming. And then there's a pandemic and we're definitely not coming. And then I think we all kind of settled into the thought they're never coming maybe a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then boom, we're coming. Mm -hmm. And we were like, boom, we're ready. Hence, the last garage sale, which I think I should call the last, last garage sale. Yes. Because one of my other favorite stories in this book 
<laughs> is called The Last Garage Sale. In which you and your family appear. <laughs> yeah, my family was there for this garage sale throughout Three years the whole ago. thing. Made it a little harder to help with the garage sale. <laughs> but this garage sale, I think, it was different. We grew up, our father, you describe him as like the Monty Hall of garage sales. Yes. We grew up on bets and wagers and dares. And a garage sale was just like a large version of, you know, of let's, let's make, a make a deal. But with my, with our father at the helm mm-hmm. and no costumes. And so. Speak for yourself. Well, I know. <laughs> and so, I mean, some of those things I would only wear out once. But. It was different this time because he was a little less Monty Hall. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about witnessing that three years ago and then like sitting with it and then writing about that story. Well, so three years ago, we had what I thought would be the yes. last garage sale. And as I say, in writing. Yes, in writing, in the book. In the book, Papa, the next time I put your stuff in the yard, you'll be dead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Love so, you. you know, we, <laughs> three years ago, it was a big garage sale. And as you said, he was always sort of the game show host. You know, one of the best things he liked to do was $5 mystery box. He'd just pack a box with junk, tape it up, <laughs> put $5 on it. And people would say, you know, what's in the box? <laughs> uh, pay $5. I know. <laughs> Can I shake it? Nope. Nope. Can I lift it? Nope. Nope. <laughs> well, can I get a hint? Well, it's either worth more than or less than $5. And nobody ever brought the $5 box back. But, you know, three years ago, it was July in Ugh. Alabama, and Papa is 80 years old. Mm-hmm. And I think it just got to him. He just didn't have as much fun. We could see he wasn't having as much fun. And, you know, the piece that I wrote about really is about the two of us realizing yeah. that our parents are getting older. And my, and mama says, she said, um, with this garage till three years later, for various reasons, a storm oh, was a brewing and we were selling a lot more than we normally would sell. We were really trying to get rid of a lot of stuff. So you took over the garage and backyard mm-hmm. and I took over the inside and where, you know, so inside was art and, and China, China and, and anything you don't want to get wet. And outside was tools and, <laughs> and a chair that smelled oh. like a dog's ass. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Anything that you wet. And throughout the day, Papa would, you would say, go inside, Papa. No, go inside, Papa. Just go and inside. he would come in while I was making a deal and I would say, go outside, Papa. <laughs> And Mama, throughout the, Mama never really participates in these things because, you know, she doesn't want to barter. Like, you know, in the book I say, she's already haggled with herself. So if she puts a brooch out that looks like a cat and marks it 50 cents and someone says, I I think this is worth a quarter. She'll say, well, then you can go to a garage sale down the street and see if you can find a cat brooch for a quarter. But so with the last sale and with this sale, she was in the bedroom. So throughout the day, I was hearing, oh, your mother has such good taste. Is she still with us? I said, yes, she's in the bedroom. And Mama said she came out and said all day I could hear you in the living room saying, oh, this dollhouse is so special. 
I'm so glad it's going to a good home. Oh, I'm so happy that you like this, you know, program. Oh, I'm just so pleased you're going to take it. And you, she could hear in the backyard going, fill that box. <laughs> and I, does, the, does the lid have to close? No. 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 So it. inside was like, you know, inside she heard like Donna Reed <laughs> sweet talking and outside yeah. she heard a carnival barker. I know. You want it? How about one more? Do you That's need right. another one? That's you right. can just take it. I got That's more right. hiding somewhere. Under this couch, there's probably more. And Would you like what more? I, what I learned from this garage sale, because we never put the china out. No. And uh, we had three sets of china. And both of us had sets of china from the family. And all I kept hearing all day long was, oh, people don't buy china anymore because in the South, People just pass down China. Yeah. So everybody already has three sets of China and nobody buys teacups. But, but I sold two out of three of the sets of China. Well, you, I think you, with, <laughs> with the China, we said, I know that no one uses teacups or buys them. But if you're buying this entire 12-piece right. set of China, That's you're right. taking the damn tea sets. Correct. <laughs> If you want to dump them and break them in the, in the yard, that's your business. You bought it. That's right. That's right. Yeah, no, it was. I will say that it went way better than the one three years ago. Agreed. And, and I think some of that had to do more with expectations from everybody yes. involved. Yes. And we were very prepared. We yeah. prepared for Days. Yeah, for days. So the actual day of the garage sale was not that strenuous, but yeah, we prepared for days. It looked like the outside looked like a professional flea market, <laughs> and the inside looked like some sort of boutique. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was maybe that's what intimidated some of the buyers. <laughs> well, as they said, as they said last time and this time, this is the most organized uh, garage sale we've ever seen. Which you know, with Southern Lady for we can see y'all don't have any good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> but I think it was our record. We made the most money. We, oh, yeah. we really did uh, uh, do a good job. But still, there was so much, so left much over. left. But I will say, some of the stuff that went this time, we had a guy. Speaking of things people say, we had a guy show up three days before the garage sale, and was just like, you know, I'm a serious buyer. Or I talked to your husband. Yeah, because right? I answered yeah. the door. I talked to your husband, and I just thought, we're just gonna go with this. I don't even know who you are, man, yeah. who has shown up on my house. Hold, please. And then I went downstairs and woke Papa up, who was taking a nap, and was like, uh-huh. Papa, what? I said, there is a man on the porch who, <laughs> says a a seria- with a, who says he's a serious buyer with a lot of cash, and he also thinks I'm your wife. <laughs> to which there's this pause, and Papa says, I must have done something right. <laughs> and then I was like, yeah. And then <laughs> my favorite was that, like, and that guy bought so much stuff and yes. then including he, an impulse purchase of a dragon yeah, of a dragon a dragon egg yeah. right yeah and that he then broke when he got home but yeah but they he showed up again on the day of the sale and was coming through and mama and you were on the couch in the den as he's walking through or maybe he came friday and he still referred to me oh, as yeah. you know the wife and your husband your husband's got a great deal here. And I'm like, yeah. who do you think that woman is? I, he, oh, I will gosh. stop play that game. I know. I'll stop <laughs> play that game. So as you said, we sold a lot of stuff, but there was a lot of stuff left. And I, you know, one of the places that we differ mm. <laughs> is that a lot of the stuff I'm happy to take. And I've always, I think I've always imagined my whole life 
as taking a lot of stuff. I remember, you know, we grew up around this stuff. Mama never hid this stuff. She definitely raised us in a house of you're not going to be scared of furniture. You're not going to be scared of stuff. So, you know, this surrounded us and had stories that went with it and the names of the people who had it. And I think I always saw them as sort of like treasures, right? Yes. Like like little treasures that yes. like, I want to have these treasures one day. And so, you know, when I see the stuff. Whereas I see everything is haunted. Well, I was going to ask you, I was going to say, honest to God, we walked through that sale and even the smallest like things I would say that I know you had a connection with at some point in your life. I'd be like, do you, do you want this? I'm pulling it out. And you'd be like, no. And it's yeah. like, you're, how do you do that? And well, why do you, you do that? And why? I, I, first of all, I live in New York City. Well, yeah. So I have a small apartment, not a small apartment, a very nice apartment, but it is small compared yeah. to the rest of the world. And I have never been a big keeper of stuff. And three years ago at that garage sale, I had picked three yeah. things that I really, really loved. I'm looking at one right now. I have a, a painting of our parents' apartment in the 60s. It's from the 60s. And I'm looking at it now and I... I love it. It lives in the Coral Lounge. Yes. <laughs> and then I have a, a painting that we always call the rock painting because it was mm-hmm. an abstract with rocks in it. And Papa had won it in a poker game. And I had grown up seeing this painting that I thought was huge, but it's really not that big. And I had both these paintings come back to New York with me. I reframed them. I cleaned them. And they're both up and look fantastic. And I have a little sculpture of a polar bear, yeah. Dudley, that I grew up and loved. So I have something in every room. Mm. And it's just enough. It's just enough for me. And when it comes to the furniture, that's just a <laughs> matter of taste. <laughs> you know, for, for you know, my husband and I, for, for Lex and I, we just don't go for 18th century right. <laughs> marble topped uh, mahogany what? chest of drawers. Sure. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and again, it's really interesting. You know, I married a man who was first-generation American. His parents came over from Greece. So uh, it's really interesting that they have so little because everything that he inherited, they they bought here, where we have generations and generations yeah. and generations of things. Yeah, so for me, I, I just like a few special, special things. That's enough. That's enough. Yeah. And it makes them a little bit more special because... They are so, they're very, someone came in my house years ago and said, your apartment is very edited, (laughs) very curated, very edited. And it's, it's, it's true. It's very true. Yeah. And of course I came back from the garage selling, saying we have to purge. I have to purge again. I have to purge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, (laughs) same, same here. I was like, oh Lord, no, we have to get rid of stuff because I got to make room for all the stuff that's coming. Yeah. Cause I can't Uh, like, I like I have years and years and years ago, I have a, you know, our grandmother's, yeah. like Lazy Susan that I put crudite in, and I love it. And I have our other grandmother's recipe box with all of her chicken casseroles. So <laughs> many chicken casseroles. Uh, <laughs> and I love it. So, yeah, it's just a matter of cherry picking. Cherry picking is the right word. Well, like in the book, you actually say that you've got more of an attachment to our parents than their things. Correct. That's correct. And Which, and, and you have so much of attachment. You're moving our parents into your, yeah, into I, your story. I need that. I need that, you know, uh, 1800 secretary desk with the leather top and my mother. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Just to put sit them at together it. and to sit at it in the same room. They're not going to be in this house. They'll just be in a little house in the back 
yarn. Yes, yes. Which is essentially the same thing. Yes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> it's just a place to put your stuff, and it's your stuff is our parents. <laughs> That's right. Moments in the shed. <laughs> <laughs> Was there anything else from the trip that, like, because this is oh, yes. the next uh, time we see them, it's not going to be in Alabama, you know? Yeah, I was possibly. surprised uh, when we were saying our goodbyes. I was surprised. I was emotionally yeah. a little overcome because Mama, and as Mama's hugging me goodbye and she's crying, it makes me start crying. All she's saying is, oh, Lex hates this. Lex hates this. Because my husband, Lex, the first time he came home to visit like 25 years ago, that's how she always said goodbye, just sobbing and waving yeah. in the driveway. And it just destroyed him. He's like, I hate this. But it was just thought of, oh, will I go back to Alabama? You know, because yeah. even even the house where you spent a lot of time and my parents have lived in for 30 years, yeah. I never lived in that house. No. That was that was surprising and what? And the other surprise was I went into full-blown menopause because of the, I know. Because of the, the garage sale. And I, had to, I, I got my period twice in one month and had to make my little sister go to the drugstore and buy me some tampons. The biggest ones you can find. I know your audience is very, they'll take this information uh, in stride. That's uh, right. But everything is normal, says my gynecologist. <laughs> But yes, yes, a, like, a whole time. Nothing like coming home, working your ass off in humidity, watching your parents age, and to do a garage sale yes. to set off, to fuck up your cycle. Yes, yes. And you know there's no tampons in that 79-year-old uh-uh. lady's house. house. Nope, nope. Well, that's another so story. thank you, you again did. for You're welcome. going to You're welcome. buy me a box of tampons. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. But you talk about menopause in the book, too. You've got the Are You There, God, It's Me, menopause. No, Uh, Are You There, menopause. That's right. It's me, Helen. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And it's listening to you describe not only what you're going through, but what all of the women that you know, in particular when it comes to anger, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. PMS, and... Again, a topic that just, you know, there's no list of things to expect when you're expecting to stop having your period, right? Like, and the other thing it, they don't tell you is that it got, I mean, it, it is sort of having a moment, I feel like, right now. Yeah. We're all sort of talking about it a little bit more because apparently a lot of women are, are leaving work because of it. Huh. What nobody tells you about menopause when you're younger is that it can last for 10 years. Forever. It can go on forever. And I have been in perimenopause as with a lot of my friends, which means I still get my period, but sometimes it's 24 days between periods and sometimes it's 32 days and sometimes as this last weekend thank you very much it's on day 18 but what goes along with it is like the pms i always had pms but the pms is crazy i had to get an app for it just so i knew i wasn't going crazy two days a week or just this forlorn feeling so i have this app called clue that helps me know what's coming (laughs) again we're at this garage sale. You are working outside. I am working inside. And every day I go in and I say, get the air conditioning down. Turn it. Turn it. I want it, I want it to be freezing. It's boiling in this house. It's Why boiling. is it so hot in this yeah. house? And everyone would come into the house saying, it's as cold as the Piggly Wiggly in here. <laughs> I was like, no, it's not. Actually, what was so so funny was one couple, one older couple came. Oh, my God. We had so many 
octogenarians coming into this yard sale and yep. almost falling what down. Fell? One what fell. Did I it? know. Yeah. Just like, I was like, ah, and then they're all like, I've got it. And I'm like, you clearly don't. But yeah. one couple came out and the husband was like, it is so cold in there. <laughs> and, the, and I said, I said, no, nah, it's all right. And the wife said, yeah. It's not that cold in there. And I was like, see? <laughs> and I was just like, every woman was like, no, well, it's Well, they fine. said, Papa said at one point, because you, you really did call it out, right, that we there were so many octogenarians <laughs> coming through the through the house. And Papa said, yeah, they're just looky-loos because they have all the stuff that they needed more. And they're just trying to kill time on an afternoon. Because yes. what else do they have to do except for look <laughs> at your stuff? That's right. We'll get ready to do that in California, Mama and, and Papa. <laughs> and it's so interesting to see like what people would go after. Like yeah. I, I think about writing about what I thought was the last garage sale three years ago. Yeah. And and now I would set my sights on what I thought was so valuable. Like who doesn't want these Southern living 1980s yeah. magazines? <laughs> you know, who, who doesn't want, uh, <laughs> who wouldn't want that? Nobody wanted that. Yeah. And we ended up taking all those oh. magazines with about... 300 books and dumping them at a library and peeling out as if we were dumping a body that we had just shot at the yeah. VR. But uh, <laughs> this year I thought, oh, everybody's going to, everybody's going to want these cross stitches of Thumper yeah. and Charlie Brown. Nobody I took a second look no at I can't believe no one took those. Um, yeah. All these framed, like framed prints. I thought, what, you know, college girl doesn't want these framed prints of a Picasso, whoever, you know, to hang on their wall. Nope, nobody wanted those. And everybody wanted the costume jewelry. Everybody yeah. wanted to look at that costume jewelry. And I am sure I sold off things that were well below what oh, I should I'm be sure. selling them off. And those were, that's like the after I had picked through on Good. two trips what I considered the good stuff, like <laughs> costume jewelry-wise, that I'm like, let's take that where that can go for real. And I had another woman come in. She got there again. The garage sale experience, people don't understand <laughs> how seriously we take this. The garage sale is Saturday morning and Friday night, I get a text from you that says, I'll see you in the lobby of the hotel. Yeah. FYI, yeah. we're at a hotel because they had sold the beds earlier. Yes. We'll see you in the hotel in the lobby at 530 Five. in the morning. To which I responded, okay. <laughs> yeah, that was all I got. I got this. Okay. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to do the voice that I assume goes with yes. it. Yes. Okay. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Or uh, the worst then, thing you ever want to see from me in, a, in, a, in an email is understood. Understood. Yeah. <laughs> it's just horrible. But we, I cut, we meet and yeah. we go get the coffee and we start heading and I'm like, how much, as we're about to turn down the street, I say, and it's like 10 it's till 6. 10 to 6. Yeah. It's 6 a.m. And I say, how much do you want to bet there's somebody there? And you were still very tired and you were like. Ain't nobody going to be here. This I, is I don't dumb. care. There, I don't care. And we come around the corner. Not only is there a guy there, but when we get out of the car, he wants to follow us yes, up. Yes, yes. And look. And I was like, you are going to have to wait. The earliest of early birds. The earliest. And then another there were also, I'm sorry, oh. there were also a group of all the people that showed up Friday. They all saying, knew each other. And they all said, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. I thought it was today. And I'm like, oh, yeah. liar. You liar. can read a paper. Gar no garage sales taking place at 4.30 in the afternoon. On Friday. No. 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 <laughs> no. Again, it, when it got to 8 o'clock, we'd already had like 10 people come yeah. through there. And I thought, oh, the day's over. No. Yeah. Again, 6.30, the professionals were there yeah. dressed in 
t-shirts and shorts looking as ratty as they could, pulling cash out of their bra straps. Yeah. And one woman comes through and she is looking at all of Papa's turquoise belt buckles. Oh, and yeah. we make a deal. Oh, well, I owe you $100. And I said, I'll hold these for you until you come back. And she comes back. And then she starts to do this sort of three-card Monty situation. Of, I don't <laughs> want this one. I want this one. And I just was like, in my head, I just thought, yeah. lady, you could give me a dollar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> give these to you. You're trying to con me. And I don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think I made a pretty, I still think I made a pretty good deal for them. But I just thought, you are wasting your energy, Madeline. Yeah. I know. By the end of the sale, by the end of the day, it was like anything that people pointed at. Papa and I were outside and the guy pointed at something and we were like, five bucks. And he pointed at something else, uh, five bucks. And he pointed at something else, five bucks. And he pointed at something else and Papa goes, you know what it's going to be. Five bucks, five bucks. (laughs) Well, again, there were levels of garage sale people that arrived at the garage sale. And near the end, we had a new, where Papa was lying down, counting his cash, or rolling around on it like Demi Moore. And what was that movie where she got paid a million dollars? To sleep with. To sleep with Robert Redford. Oh, my God. Anyway, that's what he was doing. And and was going to, indecent proposal. Indecent proposal. That is correct. And the new grift yeah. <laughs> was picking up things that didn't have batteries in them. Well, how do I know this even works? Yeah. How do I know this even works? And we're like, yeah. you don't. But for $5, yeah. you're going to have to take that risk. I know. Yeah. There was one woman who was like, oh, I yes. don't understand how you plug this in. And she was going on and on. She might. We might as well have said, if you don't take this... <laughs> We will kill you. But no, that's we will not take what it. And, oh, no, yeah. She picked it up herself. Oh, I yeah. was like, we didn't ask you to pick that up. We didn't well, ask you to buy it. We didn't ask you to do anything. You either take it or you don't take it. Yeah. What? We don't care. And again, at the end of the day, it was I had three at least three people come in saying, "Where's the man?" The lady outside said, "The man would know about this." And I'm like, oh. "There's no." And I, my response: "There's no man." <laughs> What's your question? Well, does this work? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Yes. I was going to say, yes. And throughout the whole time, everybody that would come in, I would just play these these ridiculous games. Now, I'm going to make you a real good deal. Don't tell them. Don't tell them what I'm going to sell it for. But, you know, you just let me know if you like something. I'll make you a real good deal. (laughs) And, And so the torch of you've got to make your own fun in life gets passed on. To and his haggling. Daughters. It's amazing. Yeah, Nobody well, haggling. was haggling. Every price was set to haggle. And uh, I couldn't believe that either. I'd say, Well, what would you like to pay for it? Pay? And they're like, Oh, I can't do that. I'm yeah. like, Well, then you're going to lose out. But That's I'm right. like, Why would you? Everybody, if somebody says, How much do you want to pay for it? Say less than what you would want to pay for it. Correct. Yeah, Correct. Like, just, uh, yeah. It's we, very easy. It's very easy. <laughs> Watch this. How much how much you want for this? Uh well what were you thinking? Five dollars? <laughs> oh, that's a little too low. Can you make it uh fifteen? Mm, Thirteen. How about, how about eight? <laughs> well again, I also was raised not raised, but I read yeah. it somewhere that when negotiating for your salary yes. or whatever end everything with the three because you're smiling when you say it. Yeah, so that's how, right. How much is how how much is this dog crate? Filled with, with, with newspaper. Uh, it's, it's $20. We buy it for 23. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. 
<laughs> Helen Michelle. Yes. My sister. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for joining me in Alabama and helping get that done. You have a card actually on its way to you from me. Thank you in advance for all the support to come as these people (laughs) get in my house. Well, thank you for letting me continue to write about our lives because (laughs) I will tell your listeners that whenever Elizabeth or her family appear in a story, I, well, no matter what, I always send whatever I've written to Elizabeth because she's such a good reader and I know she'll tell me the truth. I only have four readers that I send things to before an editor sends, reads them and Elizabeth is one of them. And so I really appreciate you allowing me to continue to write about your family. (laughs) You know what? We grew up in a house of stories with storytellers. Yes. And the idea of watching that tradition move forward. I am always happy to be a character and a story from, you know, our lives. I am, well, you always I, come off good, too. Oh, like, yeah, well, you're, exactly. You always that come helps. off really well. <laughs> that helps. That helps. Yeah, these aren't my stories. These are my stories in your stories. <laughs> I'm the main character. In case you were wondering, I'm the main character. That's right. So everybody right now, Go and pre-order, bring your baggage, and don't pack light. And if you haven't already, grab a copy of Southern Lady Code while you're at it. There's also American Housewife out there and Eating the Cheshire Cat, Helen Michelle's very first novel, just a hop, skip, and a jump ago did she write this. (laughs) 21 Uh, years ago. That book could vote. But it is a dark journey into the Deep South and a complete delight. Thank you, Helen Michelle. Thank you, sister. I think this might be the quietest we've ever been because we're still recovering from this fucking trip. We are both still in recovery. Yeah, I am still so tired. And we're both, I think both of us came into this going, okay, this is just a fun time, not not therapy. Yeah, Yeah, not therapy. (laughs) Just fucking. That's right. All right. I will talk to you later. Thank you, Elizabeth. Bye. Bye. One Bad Mother is supported in part by KiwiCo. Some of life's greatest childhood adventures happen during the summertime, (laughs) even during a pandemic. And with the KiwiCo subscription, kids can take their imagination to new heights with super cool STEAM projects delivered every month. We've been using KiwiCo forever. And it's so fun to see how excited they are when they look outside and they see the package has arrived. Most recently, Ellis got a spin art kit project where the box itself, like he did like some motor stuff to make it so that it would spin and you built it inside the box it came in. And I gotta tell you, I was a little worried it was in a box, that that was gonna be really messy. It is messy inside the box, but not outside the box. And it's kits like these from KiwiCo that I cling to during the summer months 
With KiwiCo, there's something for every kid or kid at heart every month. FYI, the maker kits are the ones that I like to do myself. Get your first free month on select crates at kiwico.com slash badmother. That's K-I-W-I-C-O dot com slash badmother. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Gabe. (laughs) Just surprised, Gabe. Teresa let us know that she was not able to join us today. I'm going to pretend she's here and say, Teresa, it's so nice to see you. I love you. You're doing such a good job. I can't believe any of this. I'm crying. Now I'm looking at you and I love you and I understand. It's impossible. So it's going to be, you know, a weird one where I share a genius and fail and no one comments. (laughs) So it's it's really really more like my mind at one o'clock in the morning. So that's good. But I'm saying hi to Gabe because Gabe is here and looking at me and will give me thumbs up and thumbs down. So I will let you know if Gabe is giving me a thumbs up or a thumbs down. So with that said, genius me. Me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. All right, guys, when I got back from Alabama, the first thing I had to do was take Ellis, who is seven, to get some braces put on their teeth. Not a lot, just like three little braces on some back teeth that were, you know, growing into each other. And we had done a lot of prep work and we were going to be fine. And then we got there and Ellis did not want to get them done. He was very scared and was sure it was going to be awful. And I'm like, I got to tell you, I am always surprised when I'm in these situations when like doctors or dentists or whoever are like sort of a a mode of feeling of, really? (laughs) Like, do you know what seven-year-olds are like? What seven-year-olds like, yes, I am going to just swallow my fear and lay down and open my mouth wide and let you do something that I'm completely... I can't even comprehend. Anyway, so we're trying to encourage him to get this done. And in my mind, I'm thinking this is going to take 30 to 40 minutes. And we're trying all these different approaches. And I say, okay, all right, okay, okay, okay. How long, let's see how long we think this might actually take. How long do you think this is going to take, Ellis? And Ellis is like, too long. And I said, all right, doctor, fill in the blank. How long do you think this is going to take? She said, six minutes. And I was like, six minutes? And so I pull, I was like, Ellis, I'm pulling out the phone and I'm pulling out the timer and you and I are going to watch the timer and see if she can do it in six minutes. And for whatever magical reason, this worked. And it actually, it was really great because there'd be times where I'd be like, I'd be the first brackets done, the first brackets on. And Ellis would be like, it is? And I'm like, yeah, look at that. First bracket, one minute, one minute. And we already have a brace on, right? And so like suddenly Ellis was like, this is the best thing. And it's not a big deal at all. And I'm like, that's great. So that 
was my genius this week. Gabe, do I get a thumbs up? Thumbs up. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I am calling with my first ever genius. So, you know, I'm in a Marie Kondo moment. I am wanting to clean out things that we stored up, especially over this past year, that we don't need. And I was feeling really good about that, but my kids are still home with me. I homeschool. I've got a kid with some special needs and some sensory challenges. And so they were doing all sorts of crazy things this morning and (laughs) not letting me get to my happy place of finding out what doesn't doesn't spark joy for me. (laughs) Um, Anyways. I got to cleaning out the pantry, and my genius idea is I had all of these old jars of, like, couscous and flaxseed and stuff that we haven't – I think I moved, like, across the country three years <laughs> ago, and I think that they were in my pantry for a good four years before that. Mm. So pretty much this food is older than my kids. And I'm like, okay. And so I gave them some trays out in the front yard, and they are having a sensory extravaganza while I clean out the rest of my house, and I cleaned out the pantry. So I think this is an all-around win, I'm just going to say. Everybody is doing a fantastic job. I love you guys. Thank you. If you're going to call in for the first time with a genius. This is the genius to call in with. First of all, you're amazing and you're doing a great job. I really also like saying to my kid, I got food older than you. Like that, I can't even think of a time when that's okay to say. Maybe something preserved, but even then, maybe I've got wine older than you. Like that, maybe. But like, I've got couscous older than you? Maybe not so much. That is some old couscous. I also now want to make jokes about the couscous thinking to itself, I'm getting too old for this shit. I have a variety of these sorts of images going through my head. But you are doing such a good job using the pantry dump as a way to clean out your pantry and keep your kids occupied. Fucking genius. Failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. Fail me, me. (laughs) Okay, me, I will. (laughs) This becomes strangely more intimate when I'm failing out loud with myself. All right. When I came back from Alabama, I ran to the store to get a few things that we needed while I was out, and one of the things I got was a very large watermelon. Everybody likes watermelon in this house, especially Ellis. Ellis and I that evening were going to be watching a movie together, and that was going to be like a fun thing that we were going to do when we came in from watching the movie into the kitchen. The watermelon was out, and some of it had been sliced off and clearly had been eaten by Raiden, at which point Ellis looks at it, and then you can see the wheels turning to like, am I going to get mad about this or not? Well, we went with mad. We went with mad and very upset that the watermelon was eaten, was opened basically before Ellis had any watermelon. Now, it's been three days, 
And for three days, I've been informed by Ellis to never let, somehow, by the way, somehow this is on me. Okay, this, this is on me somehow. Never let anyone have watermelon before they get watermelon. Sort of a, I'm going to need my own personal watermelon situation. I have now announced that to every other member of this family. For the love of God, don't eat any watermelon before Ellis gets watermelon. If we want any peace in this house. So my fail, okay, jokingly, my fail is not giving my kid a personal watermelon and making sure that happens every time. The other fail is, once again, I wonder if I'm setting up strange expectations for adult Ellis when it comes to adapting and pivoting in situations that don't make them happy. Who knows? We'll find out. So, Gabe, thumbs up or thumbs down? I got a thumbs Okay. I, oh, yes. Thank you. Now I'm getting all the thumbs down. Gabe has a surprising amount of thumbs. Hi, Biz and Teresa. Okay, this is definitely a fail. It's a really weird fail, kind of a dumb fail, kind of one of those fails where I don't, none, information is just not sticking to my brain. Okay, anyway, <laughs> and my daughter had a baseball game. At the baseball game, well, afterwards, this little boy, he had his birthday. Parents brought cupcakes in the goodie bag, included various items, but most importantly, it included gum. My daughter loves gum. She loves it, loves it. So as soon as she saw it, she was like, oh, my gosh, Mommy, I am so excited to have this gum. Will you please open this piece of gum for me? And I was like, yeah, sure. So I have the piece of gum, little single piece of gum. I open the piece of gum. What do I do? I pop it in my mouth. I pop <laughs> the piece of gum in my mouth, and then I just looked around, and I said, what, what, what the, why the hell did I do that? So then about seven seconds later, my daughter goes, okay, mommy, can I have my piece of gum? And I'm chewing the piece of gum, and I go, uh, I'm so sorry. And my daughter just, just tears, tears, tears. So then the parents are like, oh, my gosh, we have so much gum. Just give her another piece of gum. So then I pretended like I didn't really chew her gum, that I was just chewing air. And I said, I didn't chew your gum. I was just kidding. And then she said, Mommy, I see you chewing. And then I took the gum, I put it behind my back, and I said, I'm not chewing anything. <laughs> Eventually, she was fine. But, like, why did I just pop that piece of gum in my mouth? It's, like, the weirdest thing I, I could have done. So, yep. anyway, that was my fail. I ruined my child's life last night. And yeah. um, thank you so much. I love your show so much. And you are all doing a great job. Yes. You are a monster. There will be stories written about you forever. I got to tell you, this is a beautiful fail. This is like the casual eating. I can't remember if it was me or somebody else who like ate all their kids' pickles, just like was eating it like right in front. It was probably me. Anyway, this is so good. But what I really love is the all the efforts afterwards of like, I'm not chewing gum. It's just air. And like, see, <laughs> <laughs> come out uh, like all of the efforts as opposed to just here here's more gum like from the from the parents why I like that is because I've lived that that is again just as natural it is as it is to open gum and just pop it in your mouth it is also just as natural to try and I love Lucy around whatever you just did so yes you are doing 
horrible job. You really need to remember that any instincts that relate to self-care for you should have already been squashed. So let's work on that. <laughs> you are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. One Bad Mother supported in part by Ruby Coffee. Ruby Coffee Roasters is a small coffee roasting company based in central Wisconsin, specifically Nelsonville, Wisconsin, with a population of 191, with the goal of making amazing quality coffee approachable to all. Well, that sounds good. Coffee can sometimes scare me with all the fancy names and all the fancy beans, and I'm pretty sure no matter what I do, it's gonna come out tasting like diner coffee. <laughs> Ruby's coffee lineup is designed around complex dynamic coffees while making sure that their roasting profiles make these coffees easy to brew and enjoy. We just got our first subscription box that not only came with coffee beans, it also came with like what I would call tea bags. <laughs> for coffee. We have been turning that into cold brew. Delicious! Again, you can get a subscription or a one-time purchase, and this is just the perfect example of something to get to treat yourself. Go to rubycoffeeroasters.com and use code BADMOTHER to get 20% off your first shipment of any subscription or 15% off a one-time coffee purchase. One, two, one, two, three, five. Hi, everybody. My name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. We're both doctors and... Nope, just me. Okay, well, Sydney's a doctor and I'm a medical enthusiast and we create okay. Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. Every week I dig through the annals of medical history to bring you the wildest, grossest, sometimes dumbest tales of ways we've tried to treat people throughout history. Now lately we do a lot of modern fake medicine because everything's a disaster, but it's slightly less of a disaster every Friday right here on MaximumFun.org as we bring you Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. And remember, don't drill a hole in your head. Hi, are you someone who thinks that when one door closes, another one opens? Someone who always sees the light at the end of the tunnel. If you answered yes to one or both of these questions, good for you. We are not those people. Nope. I'm Annabelle Gerwich, and I'm a, you know that other door opening? It probably leads to a broom closet kind of person. And I'm Laura House. When I see a light at the end of a tunnel, I assume it's a train headed right toward me. Laura and I have created a brand new podcast for people like us. It's called Tiny Victories. We're sharing personal tiny victories or things we've read or seen that inspire resilience. So if you're looking for a tiny reason to get out of bed each week, subscribe to Tiny Victories. Available on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get tiny. All right, everyone. I don't have Teresa here this week to look upon and hold in my virtual arms, but I now understand that's how we all feel, not having Teresa here. So let's all close our eyes and imagine Teresa very hard in our minds and snuggle up to the very thought 
of her while we listen to a mom have a breakdown. And I have a little warning. If you do not like to hear about human excrement, then skip ahead past this rant. Hey, One Bad Mother. Thank you so much for your show. I'm calling with a rant. (laughs) I have an almost seven-year-old and two five-year-olds, and every day for the last two to three weeks, somebody has pooped their pants. I've been cleaning up shit every day, and I'm so tired of it. With my almost seven-year-old, he's doing it in his sleep. He's either waking up in the night, going in the bathroom, and like a drunk college kid, shitting a little bit in the toilet, a little bit on the toilet, and a little bit on the floor, and getting it all over his hands, and all over Mm. the faucet, and all over the Mm. hand towel, and then all over his bed. Sometimes he doesn't even wake up. He just shits in his undies, and I wake (laughs) up in the morning and smell it. One of my five-year-olds charts every single day, sometimes twice a day. It's really annoying. I have to do laundry every day for that kid because he sharks. I don't know. And today, the one kid who didn't have this problem has now sharted. And I'm just tired of cleaning up poop. My kids are too old. (laughs) So thank you for listening. You guys are doing a great job. Bye. I like that the third kid is like, Hey, is this something we can do now? (laughs) I'm in. Okay, first of all, you are doing an amazing job. I also want to acknowledge that I know you have already done a ton of research, called resources, (laughs) tried to figure out how to prevent this or try and figure out what's going on. I, I know that because you're a parent. So I'm not going to waste our time by even pondering those things. I'm just going straight to the, you're doing a good job. That sounds truly horrible. That sounds awful. And that sounds like more work than you need to be doing. No one, no one wants to, to live like that. I am very sorry. That's so, so awful. And I see you. I see you. And you are doing a very good job. Everybody, you are all doing a good job. This is like, uh, today's rant reminds me that at any point in time, something is going down in somebody's house that was definitely not on their bucket list or even in any parenting book or parenting magazine or whatever, parenting YouTube checklist, there it, 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 it catches you so off guard. And that's happening all the time everywhere. I just hate that we don't talk about it. I hate that we still feel like, you know, in a lot of situations, we have to walk around and sit on it because heaven forbid, I think one of the fears of sharing is that we're going to get hit with a lot of questions or suggestions that are going to make us feel like maybe we haven't been already trying to figure it out. And a lot of times we have, we just want to say it out loud to know we're not alone and to hear somebody tell us that, yeah, that does suck. That is awful. 
So I am going to take that as we go forward. I say we grab hold of that reminder that as we walk through the world, whether we are talking to parents or siblings or family members or friends or employees, when somebody's telling you something, let's respond first with, wow, that's something. (laughs) And just give that person the benefit of the doubt that they don't need our unsolicited advice. Because I think sometimes just being seen goes a lot farther. Everybody, you're doing an amazing job. I hope you are getting through summer. I am once again going to shamelessly plug my sister's book that comes out July 13th, but can be pre-ordered right now. Bring your baggage and don't pack light. Yet another opportunity to learn true stories about my family and why we are the way we are. And I will talk to you next week. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Gabe Mara, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash join. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not low down mama blues. Oh, said Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not low down mama blues. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.